Hey everybody, welcome back to Coffee, Crime, and Storytime. I'm happy you're here with me today. I wanted to take a minute and tell everybody who's listened so far, thank you so much. Your support has been absolutely amazing, and it's so fun to have you along on this journey with me. Uh, There's been a lot of Christmas movies playing in my house as it's that time of year. I was curious, what's your favorite I think mine is a tie between uh, Christmas Vacation and probably Elf. Uh, Anyone who's ever met my father uh, knows that he is the epitome of Clark Griswold. Uh, Despite all the holly jolly that's going around, I am here to tell you another story. It's dark, it's mysterious, and it's time we talk about the Velisca Axe Murders. We're heading to Villisca, Iowa, sometime between the night of June 9th and the morning of June 10th in 1912. That evening, Josiah Moore and his wife Sarah took their kids Herman, who was 11, Catherine, age 10, Boyd, 7, and 5-year-old Paul to the Children's Day Service at the Presbyterian Church. The kids had two friends, Lena and Ina Stellinger, who were 12 and 8, and they were coming along for the service and an overnight stay. The kids' service involved Sarah Moore, who was a co-director. Her children, along with the other Sunday school kids, did speeches and recited things for the program. There was a social gathering that lasted until around 9.30 that night, at which point all the parishioners departed. No one could have any idea what the night would bring after that. The walk home was maybe three blocks from everything I found, and it appears they enjoyed some cookies and milk in the home before they all went to bed. The morning of the 10th, one of their neighbors, Mary Peckman, noticed that the Moore house was much more quiet than usual. She was too elderly to investigate anything herself, So she called Ross Moore, Joe's brother and a local pharmacist, to come on over and check on his brother. He showed up somewhere around 8 o'clock in the morning, just to give us a timeline. While inspecting the downstairs, he found two figures covered with sheets in the back bedroom, and he could tell that there was blood on the bedstands. Now, Ross didn't go any further into the scene, and he called the local hardware store and told them to ring the marshal, telling that that something, quote, terrible has happened. Marshal Horton, who went by Hank, was there by 8.30 and went inside to investigate. His words to Ross upon exiting were that there was somebody murdered in every bed. Yes, everyone had been found in their beds. They were covered with sheets, and every single one of them had had their skulls battered between 20 to 30 times with the blunt end of the axe. That's right, the blunt end of an axe. We know this not only by the injuries themselves, but because the ceiling in both the parents' and the children's rooms upstairs had gouge marks. These would have been made by the upswing of the axe with the blade side facing the ceiling. 
Lena and Ina Stellinger were the two bodies that had been downstairs. Now, while Lena's nightgown had been pushed up and she had been left exposed, it was determined by the doctors that there was no signs of any sexual assault. However, she did have what seemed to be a defensive wound on her arm and there was a blood stain on her knee. The axe that had been used as the murder weapon was found leaning against the wall of the downstairs bedroom where the visiting sisters had slept. The funeral services for both the Moore and the Stillinger girls were held on the 12th in the town square. The streets were blocked by National Guardsmen to give the hearse access to the firehouse. Now, the caskets were not on display for the service, but they were later carried to the Velisca Cemetery to be buried. So what about suspects? Was there anyone on radar for the murders? It turns out there was. Let's discuss Reverend Lynn George Jacqueline Kelly. Say that five times fast. He had arrived in Velisca for the very first time on Sunday morning. He had attended the performance of the children at the Sunday school and then departed early Monday morning on board the number five train heading westbound. The Reverend was allegedly overheard telling other passengers that there were eight dead back in Villisca and they had all been slaughtered while they were sleeping. The kicker to this info, at the time of this statement, the bodies still hadn't even been discovered. Two weeks later, he posed as a detective and joined a group of investigators on a tour through the home looking for clues. It was a few weeks after the murders, the authorities began to suspect him and place him in their sights. It seems as a teenager, he'd suffered some sort of mental breakdown. He'd actually immigrated with his wife in 1904 and had begun preaching. He did so at many Methodist churches across North Dakota, Minnesota, Kansas, and Iowa. He had been noted as some sort of visiting minister in a few small communities to the north of the town of Villisca. He had a reputation for uh, behavior not befitting a reverend. At one point, he'd spent time in a mental hospital, and he'd even been convicted of mailing obscene materials. In time, he was indicted by a grand jury, but only for the murder of Lena Stillinger. He spent part of 1917, so five years after the murders, being interrogated in jail while he waited for his trial to proceed. By the 31st of August of that year, he signed a confession. He said that God had whispered to him, quote, suffer the children to come unto me. During his trial, he recanted this confession, which left a deadlocked jury 11 to one. And after a second trial, Reverend Kelly was acquitted. He was the only person to be tried for any of these murders. No one else has ever been named as a suspect and the murders remain unsolved to this day. However, one thing to note, through various investigations and documentaries, which can all be found, it's been determined 
that there were similar murders across Monmouth, Illinois, Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Ellsworth, Kansas. It's possible that the Velisca murders, as well as these others, were actually the work of one of America's very first serial killers, a serial killer who was never discovered and continued to walk among us. Would you like to know a slightly unsettling yet interesting fact? You're bound to walk by at least 10 murderers in your lifetime. So who knows who may have walked past the Velisca Axe murderer? Might have been one of your previous relatives for all you know. I hope you enjoyed the story today. I have a tendency to keep these short and sweet. I like them to be a little something you can listen to on the ride to a store or just when you need a little break between work hours. If you'd like something more in-depth, a deep dive, or you have a story you'd like to tell me, let me know and reach out to me at coffeecrimestorytime at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Thank you for ratings and reviews. They really help out. And I'm so glad you joined me. Take care, and until next time.